Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Happy Falcon and Winter Soldier Day, at least. Happy Snyder Cut Hangover Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask, what's the opposite of like an Eve? Like you say Christmas Eve or something like that. I don't What's Is there an opposite after that? I don't know. The Snyder Sabbath. When you rested, <laughs> when you rested after you watched, um, watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Particularly for this movie, too, I'm sure. Um, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what got me through this week is I watched that Hulu documentary, um, Kid 90, which um was done by Soleil Moonfry. A lot of you likely know her from her role as a child playing Punky Brewster. Um, it was really fascinating because, you know, she did Punky Brewster and then she kind of fell off after that. But she basically just talks about her life as a child actor growing up in the 90s and just a lot of the stuff she had to deal with. And it was really, really fascinating. And basically, it just showed, you know, she was in, I think she was like seven or eight when she did Punky Brewster. And then after that, you know, she was still in Hollywood doing the show and doing other stuff. But then, you know, she had all these different friends that were in Hollywood, obviously. And she, you know, talks about growing up with them and just kind of the stuff she had to deal with. Um, you know, and there and then there was a lot of, you know, there was, there was some pretty dark stuff in there, too. And it was just it was just a really interesting look at her life. There were a lot of things, too, that I didn't really know about her life. Like she um, she actually used to date this guy that was in this group called House of Pain, which I remember in the 90s and were popular for a minute and um so that stuff was interesting but then also just a lot of the stuff she did after like punky brewster and when she was in college and things like that that was all really interesting fun stuff it was also a crazy mind trip because i felt very much transported back to the 90s which is crazy um in its own right especially as you get older and you start seeing stuff from your youth anyway um but yeah, no, it was it was really fun. It was a really interesting perspective. Um, and also just saw a side to her that I that I don't think a lot of people have really seen. And I just thought it was really interesting and kind of cool to watch. Um, but also just, you know, it was sad, too, because there were a lot of her, you know, she had a lot of friends that ended up dying really young, which was really tragic. And um, so it just it was a lot of different kind of feelings watching it, but definitely felt a lot older after watching it, seeing all the 90s stuff. Yeah, it's definitely poignant, and the and the, you know it's funny, kind of like 
hearing her tell about how she went like anti-punky in the 90s when she was a teenager and she just like did every drug and like she just like burned the whole thing burned the whole personality down it's pretty funny well that was that was the funny part because there's like a montage where she's doing like ads with nancy reagan like during the whole say no to drugs campaign so they show her doing that and they juxtapose it with her like doing mushrooms with somebody Mm -hmm. and you know getting high so it's like pretty wild um but yeah i mean i don't you know it was it was it was really fascinating to watch, but it was also sad too because she's. I mean, they had a montage near the end of all her friends that died. Mm-hmm. She was, the, you know, and it was. I mean, it was awful. It was really sad, but it was also really fascinating to watch. Yeah, I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies. Although what I've been watching pretty much every day around dinner time now is Victorious, because my <laughs> my eight year old daughter has now gotten into um, the Nickelodeon show she's with Victoria eight? Justice. Yeah, she's eight. She's going to be nine in September. Um, so she, but she's really gotten into Victorious because I mean she likes music and singing and and you know kids. I mean you know they're teenagers in high school, so they're a little bit kind of older than what she's been watching. But man, she, I mean she she loves Ariana Grande, which it's funny kind of like seeing Ariana Grande be herself rather than like Ariana Grande that we know. Um, and then, you know, so it's actually not bad. It's just like, it's like Saved by the Mel meets Glee, but like with just a whiff of darkness, just enough of darkness to kind of make it kind of interesting for adults. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of dig it for a kid's, for a kid's sitcom on Nickelodeon. It's not bad. I have been subjected to several seasons of Victorious, so I'm fully aware of that show to the point where I think I could sing the theme song, but that is not happening right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. It's a little earwormy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you heard it here first, everyone. Brian Truett. Um, I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, and what's been getting me through the past few weeks actually is um, a British TV show called Taskmaster. Um, and if you've never heard of it, it's not. It's interestingly sort of just on YouTube as like the uh, production company just put it on YouTube rather than like a streaming deal with YouTube or a streaming deal with any of the other streamers. So there's like a Taskmaster YouTube channel and they've put pretty much all the episodes on there. Um, And uh, it's this show where um, a comedian gives silly tasks to other comedians and they compete for points. So like eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute. Or paint a horse while riding a horse. Paint a picture of a horse while you are riding on a horse. Um, are you guys frozen? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you were just both so still. No. No. I'm we're just, so I'm, intently listening to your... I'm just listening to Taskmaster. Yeah, we're so, we're so fascinated. <laughs> we're so fascinated by this that we're just listening. Anyway. Um, so, uh, or they have to throw a roll of toilet paper through a toilet seat that's being hung 10 feet up in the air or just silly stuff. And the uh, taskmaster, who's the head comedian, who's a guy named Greg Davies, um, gives them points that are very arbitrary. It's sort of Cards Against Humanity-esque. It's like whoever pleases him the most gets the five points. And then, um, you know, they compete for silly prizes that they bring in each each week, like the weirdest thing in their house or the coolest thing that they have that's blue um and it's just really fun and it is like the funniest thing i think i've ever seen in terms of like how often i laugh in the space of a 45 minute episode and how deeply i laugh like i'm coughing i'm laughing so hard most of the time um 
I would say it's not like the wittiest thing I've ever seen. It is some pretty basic physical humor um, as like people smash a watermelon and then start chowing down. But um, I very much enjoy it. And um, the comedians who compete are like famous in the UK, but I've only known a few of them. But Noel Fielding from uh, Great British Bake Off and Mel Gedroich, I know, now know how to spell, say her name, from the Great British Bake Off. Uh, we're both on it. And uh, Ashling B, who's in the Paul Rudd Netflix show, um, Living With Yourself. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been very enjoyable. Um, and just, like, complete belly laughs all the time. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really funny. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show because you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we give you a very special shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It is all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Let's get to the main topic. Here's a clip. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned the worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. That was from Justice League. Not just any Justice League, though. The Snyder Cut version of Justice League, which is available now on HBO Max. It is, correct me if I'm wrong, four hours long. Four hours long. Kind of defeats the purpose of calling it a cut, but we'll <laughs> discuss <Hey-o>. maybe in the, <laughs> maybe we'll discuss that another time. But that's what we're going to talk about this week is the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Um, Brian has seen it, and obviously he has a lot of thoughts on it. I do. Let's start here. Did you watch it for the full four hours? Did you take breaks? No. What was your so, watching experience? No, I start like... I was working nights, and I started watching about 11, no, 10. I started watching about 10, and I got through about two hours. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And so I, I then I then um, watched, it, watched the other two hours the next morning, and after it, I was like, I can't do this anymore again. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had a superhero break me. I'm like, no more. No more. Well, and I had also I watched the Whedon cut the night before that because I was writing a compa- uh, comparison piece about like this is really what is different between these two these two movies, and so so I watched the Whedon cut and then I want and then you know and then I did the Snyder cut. I'm like it's the same movie, but like it you know it's like one's two hours, one's four hours, and you know it, the Snyder cut is an improvement in the way that like. Any story is if you're gonna if you have two more hours of of character development and world building, you know any movie's gonna be that much better. 
Um, so there is an improvement there, and it, it it is interesting to kind of see him do his get his f- f- quote unquote vision fulfilled after he had to step away because of the death of his daughter, and you know all the kind of the behind the scenes stuff that's gone on with his these this movie movies. Um, but it is it's just like there's too you know, there's like f- characters forced in Jared Leto's Joker thrown in there. You know, lots of other rando characters who are never going to be probably in another movie are thrown in there. It's like, and it and it ends. It's like it's like Lord of the Rings and ends like eight times. That's a little exciting. I think like four. And you know, but it's just like it keeps ending, and it's like, and it sets up things from future movies that are probably never going to happen because DC's moved on and Warner Brothers have moved on. So it's 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 a mess. But it is strangely watchable because you do understand, like, you know, Ray Fisher's been pissed off at, like, Warner Brothers and Joss Whedon, like, forever. And you kind of get why. I mean, I you know, there's a, there's stuff that we don't know about that got investigated and everything. But, like, his whole character pretty much doesn't exist. You know, they've, like, wiped out all the backstory of that character and, like, his character arc and everything. And that gets kind of put back in. So that's interesting. Um... And like there's there's and it's just it's it it really is I think it's you know the when you watch the Whedon cut there's probably I f- I feel like at least like sixty percent of it at least sixty percent is from Zack Snyder's stuff it's there it's all there but like Joss Whedon has has gone and put in like made Superman kind of more Supermany and just kind of like more hopeful and everything because like the guy that we see in the Snyder cut like. It's like black black suit Superman, and it's just like it's 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 the Superman that I didn't like, of like Man of Steel and and Batman v Superman, where it's just like it's not really Superman. It's kind of like it's the darker version of him that's not you know that's you know that you know snaps necks and and, and it's just not very Christopher Reeve about the whole situation and to to simplify it and. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a weird thing because it is it's it, it is interesting, I, and I feel like you know film schools are are one day gonna like put these two you know they're gonna like probably make kids fall asleep in class, but they're gonna compare these two films because it really is interesting, kind of like two totally different filmmakers and how they look at these superheroes, and that you know even though the story is essentially the same, there's like little things that are different. But like it is essentially the same movie, and but like two very, 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 very different ways of seeing iconic characters. So I, so that that that's kind of fascinating. Um, it did break me. Four four hours of this movie did break me. It, it, like they could have, and you know, you know, Zack Snyder. I mean, I think people enough people know like kind of his style if they watched Three Hundred or Watchmen or any of his DC films, like. That dude he used so much slow mo, and he needs to stop because you could like just probably like turn you know turn back up the fast forward like at least half of the slow mo scenes, and it would have been like three hours long. And I think that would have been a perfect thing, like a Whedon cut or a or a Snyder cut would have been like perfect, like clocking in right around two and a half to three the three hours. But no, we get we get two and four. Um, but also it's, it's, it's interesting too. I, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but you know, one of the things that they have to do in the original justice league is retroact Superman because Superman died in Dawn of justice and they have to like use one of the mother boxes to, to pretty much jumpstart him. 
you know, there's a whole thing with Flash and Cyborg, and it jumpstarts Superman, and then, you know, Superman's kind of like this Frankenstein character where he, he doesn't really know what's going on. And, like, he sees all these other people, these superpower people in front of him and gets into a fight with him until he sees Lois Lane. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I love her. And then, you know, things are okay after that. But but it's interesting because the Whedon cut goes into, goes in this whole fact of, like, Batman's all about doing it. And everybody else is just like, should we be playing God? Should we be playing, you know, is this the most ethically per- thing to do? And, like, Wonder Woman's kind of leading that charge of, like, you know, he's dead for a reason. I don't, you know, we really shouldn't be be dealing you know futzing with nature and everything and like in the snyder because like everybody's all about it everybody's all about just resurrecting superman as fast as possible and it's only until like until they're about to jumpstart him where you know and actually it's the same scene in both the snyder cut and the in the Whedon cut where you know jay you know uh, aquaman's like i don't i don't think this is a good idea guys and it's not about the ethical ramifications of it it's about like um some other whole some other thing where, where like the mother boxes might just kind of like go crazy and you know and bring upon dark side and all this other other stuff that doesn't have to deal with you know ethics of of superhero resurrection um so that so that's interesting you know it it's so in 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 you know there, therefore all in all um it is not it is not it's it's it is be- I and I thought the Wheaton cut was halfway decent, so it is it is a better movie than that, but it is also a worse movie because it is it's just some of it's just out there nonsense. And so, in summation, <laughs> so in short, <laughs> I I, uh, I do you feel like ethics of superhero resurrection is a you know 101 class Brian is going to teach someday uh at a yeah. college but that, i mean that is interesting though you know cuz you know there there there's been so much made of like you know Whedon and like how he treats female characters and female act, you know actresses and like what a dick he is and all, all this stuff all this stuff has kind of come out especially kind of around now you know when when they've got to like kind of like bury his cut pretty much and raise up this other thing um but i but it's interesting because he has you know at least for me he has a clear understanding of what superman is and who superman is than Snyder I like ever has. Again, I like I've, as a dude, I like Zack Snyder. You know, and it, you'll hear from his actors and everything. Zack Snyder's a cool dude, but like he has got some dark interpretations of like care of superhero characters, and his Superman just never jive with me. That's why I absolutely despise Man of Steel, just because it's it's taken like this kind of beacon of truth, justice in the American way and just, you know, Batman him a little bit. And he's just kind of grim and solemn. And it's just, it's not, it's, you know, that S doesn't ha- stand for hope. It stands for solemn on the, on his, on his, on his chest. And, and it's in, you know, and in, in you look at the Whedon thing, you know, the stuff he reshot and, and, and you, if if you remember all the like the Cavill mustache gate where you know they would they he couldn't Cavill was, was was filming Mission Impossible six seven whatever the last one was six and six and he had this like big bushy porn stash and he couldn't he couldn't um 
he couldn't shave it because he was in the middle of making that, and they had to do these Whedon reshoots for for Justice League. So, so he pretty much had a mustache when he was filming these scenes, and then they had to digitally erase it in post. And they did like the work. I I can't believe you know we we can create like, um you know Schmaug and and all these like di- Gollum and all these great digital characters, and we can't get a one dude's mustache. That's kind of sad. But like it looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. But what Whedon's done though is, I mean, because you start the movie with him talking to kids when he was still alive before, you know, and he's talking about just hope and like it's he's like trying to be there for like kids, like you know, stay in school, that kind of thing. Um, and then it gets you get it goes into like kind of you know everybody. You know what? What Superman's death is, you know, meant, and he gets into everything else. But like in the Snyder cut, which is like you know the opening five minutes, the Whedon cuts like the opening thirty minutes. The Snyder of Snyder cut, um, it's it's not that at all. You just start grim, and then you just don't. You don't. There's not much time for humor, even those forty hours. There's almost no humor in the thing, and and Whedon's tried to put humor in there. It, you know, some of it's. Meh. But you know, a little cringe. But like a lot of it, a lot of it's better just because it it lifts it up a little bit just from like not being such a slog. And he's and it's interesting too because you even look at the music choices because um, Snyder's used Junkie XL who did the did the Mad Max uh, Fury Road soundtrack and he's done some other stuff and it's just like it's very driving, very brutal kind of like. But it's not you know it's not it ain't happy. You know, it's it's very kind of it's solemn to a degree, and he's got all these like children's choir things. It's it's all very grim and sour. It's the musical choices in Snyder cut, and then you again, then then you look at the Whedon cut, and he had Danny Elfman of for frick's sake. He's just, I mean, he's put like little snippets of like the Batman '89 theme in when Batflex's running around, and like when when there's that big, you know, Superman comes back to you know to step up to Steppenwolf, and you know the oh yeah, Superman's back. He's gonna whoop some, you know, you hear you hear you know little tinge, twinges of the John Williams, the John Williams Christopher Reeve theme, and you're just like yeah, kicking Superman, and so you don't have that at all. In the weed or the Snyder cut, it's just it's just you know, it's like hyper violence and like yeah, Superman's back and he's just you know and he's gonna rip some people in half and you know it's 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 it, it is it is really fascinating like these two guys these two filmmakers and just they do not agree like their their whole like world views of superheroes do not mesh at all. Well, I think this gets to like a problem that I had with. Batman v Superman and Man of Steel and everything else, which is they're treating DC heroes like they're all Watchmen, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. I mean, Bat, even Batman, as dark as he is, he's still got this moral code that he goes by, and I think there's still, um, you know, a little bit of a positivity to what he does. I mean, he's darker. He's, you know, obviously has a different outlook on a lot of things, but they try to make all the DC heroes like it's a Watchmen movie and it just I mean you know it doesn't always work and I think that's I think that's always why DC's have has this problem because they're just stuck in this rut of Dark Knight Watchmen type superhero movies and they're just I mean it doesn't fit the characters at all they're supposed to be held up to the standard of you know 
idealistically, this is how you want your heroes to be, and they have never figured that out. Well, and they've always said they've all you know, and I, Zack Snyder's even said, you know, he looks at the DC superheroes as gods, like their whole mythology is like gods, and whereas and the Marvel heroes are more like kind of street figures, and you know, and and that's you know, and that's been kind of a thought even even before Snyder back in you know in the comic books and everything. But like, but but look at the just the popularity of the movies. Marvel movies are f- ridiculously popular just because they have they have that uh, you know it's obviously you know it they can be serious when they they need to be like you know you look at Black Black Panther or Infinity War or Endgame there's some serious matters going on there but they don't do it solid you know there's there's solemnly when there needs to be but there's like kind of some goofiness when there needs to be there's there's comedy when there needs to be everything kind of like is paced and 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 done well in terms of of the emotions that you need to feel at at certain times it's not forced it's just it's natural because you know sometimes you know when when captain america and iron man have to fight and you know and their teams separate then you know sometimes you have to separate how you feel about these people too and then you get to like DC and like those those old Snyder movies and from Man of Steel on are just so grim. And you look and then you know Batman eighty nine that that um, Tim Burton did with Keaton that was coming right off of Frank Miller, and so that was considered to be like kind of dark and grim. But that that movie is just bonkers. I mean, they, with Jack Nicholson and just some of the choices he makes, that that movie's nuts. So it's not like it's not all dark, 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 dark. It's just it, it's it's goofy and and darkly funny and and you know it's 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 everything in there that makes it kind of cool, without it being just like a slog. And and Snyder Cut, even though there's parts of it that are improved, it is a slog, and you feel exhausted after watching it, even after over two, you know. Two day, two hours over two days. You are tired afterward because there is just no part of it that's just like lifts you up a little bit. It's just all just like pounding, pounding with the the grim. Some people like it though, and I, you know, <laughs> there's been a whole fandom that's been asking for this thing for th- four years now, and now they can shut up about it because they can just <laughs> just have marathons of it. And, you know, go with God. I'm good. <laughs> My question is, like, you know, we started this podcast without even really even introducing what the Snyder Cut is because it's become such a thing within right. fandoms and within movie journalism and just uh, being online. So I- I'm just wondering if anyone, probably not going to seek it out if you don't know what it is already, but say someone stumbles upon it, you know, what are they going to think of this thing? And is the old justice league also on hbo max you know like that's what i'm interested to see like is my dad gonna like scroll on over and like be like what did i get myself into (laughs) yeah i mean i I, i've wondered that thing too because i feel like in some ways if you've never seen any justice league before and you do have four hours to kill maybe maybe you do start with with snyder cut because you know in a sense that is you know the director of this film that is his vision. And, you know, I you look you you look at the Whedon cut and it is not his vision. 
it is. I mean, and I and I and I, you know, Whedon was in a no-win situation because you know, think about it. You've got you've got pretty much the material for a four-hour movie. Warner Brothers has told you to to make it two hours, and but you but you know, you're Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon, you still are a filmmaker with an, an ego and like a perspective on things. So you see what's going on. You're like, well. Superman shouldn't be like this. I need to do something about Superman. I'm going to do some reshoots. So you then have four hours plus what you've just shot to then put into like this two-hour movie. And, it, you know, and it, it, people have talked called call it a hack job, the, the, you know, the two-hour movie. And it, it kind of is and kind of isn't. I can see what their point is. But, like, it's still cohesive. I mean, the movie's there. It doesn't have like a whole lot of character development, but like you know the the beginning to the end and stuff that happens in between the major stuff, it's all there. But like you know, if you got if it, like I in my in my comparison piece, I, I compare it to like a road trip. One is like the quickest route you can get there to the same destination, the kind of the no frills. Four hour, you know, then you have the scenic route. So, you know, pick your poison. So, I mean, if, if, if you never watched them and you got two hours to spare, watch Whedon. If you got four hours to spare, watch Snyder. Either way, it's the same movie. Is the scenic route really dark and cloudy and have like <laughs> volcanic lava spewing from all over the place? And you're going to need some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, uh, Dark Side, because obviously that was one of the big additions too. How was he in the movie? How was the, his addition? fine um again he seems one of the things forced because you know i i think you know back back in 2017 when justice league came out i think i still think there was this thought and maybe warner brothers gave up on snyder's whole thought vision maybe by that point but there was still this thought that like okay well we get to like dark side one day whereas like thanos where like you know, you you put out there that like there's this guy called Darkseid and he and he's a bad mamma jamma and you don't want to deal with him, but and he has designs on Earth and it ain't gonna go well. But so again, so it's like Sanders Light. And then so I guess you know, Snyder had, had done all these things with the dark side and with the Desaad and with Apocalypse and, and there's granny goodness in there. And so there's all this thing that's like takes place on his world too. And you can sit and kind of see between worlds. And I mean, and it's fine. I mean, from, you know, he looks fine. Steppenwolf looks, looks like 2,342 times better than, than the, the original one, I, I don't know, you know, just the CGI is terrible in the first one. And this one, he actually, I mean, he actually looks pretty good. And all the CGI is kind of better. So that's fun. Um, you know, Dark Side looks pretty cool. Kind of a spoiler, but not really. So the nightmare sequence of, of Batman v Superman where, like, where Bat Batman has, like, this dream where, you know, it's it's like... It's like a dystopia, and he's running around like this kind of like sand gear, and people have died and dark sides on the earth, and and things are really bad. It's like Fury Road out there, and like Flash is like you know save her, and he doesn't know who who you know who's her, and you know, he thinks it might be Lois, and he doesn't really know. And then so we come back to that in the Snyder cut, where you know where it's just like 
dark side is looking for the anti-life equation, which you know comic book nerds will understand that. Um, and the you, know, you get you get glimpses of like we're still having that same dream, but you get to see more of it. And you know, and that's that's where you know Jared Leto's Joker shows up, and there's some other other things that happen. It's a little spoiler, but you know, hopefully, people have seen it by now, and they got they've had like a day. It's not it's not <laughs> it's nothing too bad. You know, it's it's out there. Um, but so, so you know, I, again, it's just like we're he, he's throwing things in here that like it would be cool one day to like actually see this all come to pass. But you know, again, DC's moved on. I mean, they're making like Aquaman and Shazam, Aquaman two, Shazam two. The Suicide Squad pretty, is pretty much a retooling of the original Suicide Squad. Black Adam. You've got all these things that are like have gone away from the Marvel model that that they were still working with with Justice League. You know, they're not worrying about everything intertwining. Everything, you know, they're they're worried about having these standalone stories that are kind of like fun and cool and make sense and they're not really thinking about bringing the band back together and probably they won't after this because you know because then if they do they'd probably have to do something with all this other stuff so i don't know it's just it's 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 a bit much and i mean it's it's all cool to see and everything but like it doesn't make it doesn't make the snyder cut a better movie it just makes it like a kind of it makes it cooler in scenes, but kind of like it muddies up the entire like cohesion of everything, which was not that cohesive in the first place. Well, let's wrap it up here before we have a four-hour podcast on <laughs> Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh. I feel like I talk too much. Like, do do we feel like? Well, and, and here's the other thing, and and because are we going to get more of this because the fans got what they wanted for like you know complaining for for years. God, I hope not. I don't think so. This was a calculated business decision based on the launch of HBO Max more than anything else, I think. And they just don't have people who have time to, like, make stuff on demand. You know, I think this was this would only this only happened because they of the Warner Media merger with AT&T and DirecTV and everything. So I hope that it won't happen again although you know i mean i hope people get some joy even though you say it's very very dark out of it (laughs) well that's what they live for i mean if they live for snyder movies then that's what they live they live for his vision um but yeah i mean i i think you see you know now there's like hashtag restored to snyderverse i'm like no no moss no moss you broke me (laughs) i'm tapping out yeah i think there's a difference between getting Zack Snyder and some editors and some, you know, uh, affects people to work for a year on a passion project than there is to get everyone to come back to do something that they're probably not under contract to do anymore anyway. Right. Uh, well, there you go. So, listeners, are you going to watch the Snyder Cut of the Justice League? Uh, let us know on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at K Lals, K L A W L S. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. Special shout out to pilot slash producer of the mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. Don't forget if you like the podcast and want to listen to more and don't want to miss another episode, subscribe for free on Apple podcasts. If Apple podcasts is your jam. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your pods until next week. Nerds out later. Bye. <laughs>